Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Here in the North Shore Drive podcast, the Steelers are going are ready for free agency. But what is their plan? We talk with Steelers beat writer Ray Fittipato. I'm Chris Carter. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and this is the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. And welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, and I'm joined today again by Ray Filippato, our esteemed Steelers beat writer here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find all our content at post-gazette.com. And while Pitt is headed to the NCAA tournament, shortly after this, I'm getting on the road for Dayton with Noah Hiles. But we've got to talk about the Steelers free agency period coming up because this is Omar Khan's first full free agency period where he's going to be running things. And Ray, there's a lot of anticipation for what the Steelers are going to do. I think the biggest thing that everyone's looking at, though, is Cameron Sutton and can the Steelers get him back for a reasonable number? Do you foresee this being a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen? And if it is, what's the number you expect he comes in at as far as a year-to-year basis, what he's going to cost the Steelers? No, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, Chris. I think this is a much different situation for Cam Sutton than he was in um, back in 2021. Um, he wasn't a starter at that point. He ag- agreed to come back on a two-year deal worth $9 million. Um, since then, um, I think he started 34, 35 games uh, for the Steelers. He's been very durable, and he's proved himself to be the Steelers' top cornerback. So that number is going to go up, and I think because of that, um, more teams are going to be interested in his services. So I think, you know, the legal tampering period begins at noon on Monday. That's going to run until 4 p.m. on Wednesday, which is the official start of free agency. Um, I think you very well could hear some news on some of the top free agents around the league beginning Monday afternoon, um, and that might include Cam Sutton. But I no, I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I, I think, honestly – that number has gone up. You know, if he made four and a half million a year the previous two years, um, you have to think that number goes up somewhere to where, you know, I don't know, nine, 10, 11 million a year based on what he's done since then. No, I get, I get you on that. I think that I'm really interested in how, um, and, and how much money he does garner. If you go to like a lot of free agency rankings, like, this this cornerback group in, the, in free agency. I mean, there's some big names in it. Jamel Dean is probably going to be the first off the board, uh, yeah. you know, because he's younger and he's very talented from his time with the Buccaneers. Um, but you know, the, and there's James Bradbury after after his time with the Eagles. But Cameron Sutton's right up there with the rest of the guys after those two. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see what kind of number he pulls because he's also right in that perfect age range of 28 years old and unrestricted free agent. He could get. Anywhere from I, I've been ranging it anywhere from ten to fourteen million dollars that he could that he could get this year. And if they, if you're the Steelers, I think that you you got to be first in line 
uh, for for him because he's a guy that you've developed. He's a leader. He's a person that you, that you know you could count on in the slot or outside. He knows your defense, and I just think it's it's too good of a fit. And if you know, we've talked about how deep this cornerback class is and how they should definitely get someone from it. I think that this would be the perfect opportunity to keep a leader in the locker room and then draft a guy who you expect to become a leader someday so that a few years down the line when, say, this three-year deal, let's say Cameron Sutton gets signed to a three-year deal, then he's then working with that young guy. And then whenever that deal's up, he's 31 years old. They're about to end their rookie. They have one more year in their rookie contract. And then you're looking at, okay, that guy can kind of take the, take, take the reins over from, from Cameron Sutton. But – you got to sign him first. And I do agree. There's going to be some serious competition. And this is what Cam Sutton wanted. You know, part of what, you know, him staying with the Steelers, he wanted to play outside to show the NFL he could be an outside corner and not just a slot corner. I think he showed that, like you said, it is going to be an interesting market. I know it's not a foregone conclusion, but do you see Cameron Sutton signing with the Steelers or do you see him getting a big payday elsewhere? I think in an ideal scenario, yes, Cam Sutton returns. I think it makes sense. For the Steelers to bring him back, as you just detailed, um, I also think Cam Sutton. Um, the Steelers are a good fit for for Cam Sutton, and uh, the only danger, Chris, is there are teams with a ton of cap space out there who might be willing to go, you know, sort of like in that thirteen to fourteen million dollar range, where as you know, the Steelers might say, "Hey, we really value you, but we value you at this number," you know, and maybe that's. Uh, I'm just speculating here. Maybe that's somewhere between, I don't know, 10 and 12 million a year. They will not. They will not go over. They, they will put a value on Cam Sutton, and they will not go over it. Um, if somebody wants to spend stupid in free agency and sign him to a, a deal worth 14 million a year or whatever that number might be, um, the Steelers are going to have to move on and pursue other options. So, I don't know if that's going to happen, Chris, but um, that's the danger of free agency. Um, like I said, teams with a ton of cap space sometimes, um, you know, make decisions that make it difficult on teams like the Steelers who are trying to retain their own free agents. Uh, and that is, that is the part of the competition there. And like you said, they have other guys that they want to retain. And And I think that one of the interesting aspects of this is that, and maybe something that Steelers fans aren't used to because of just how their personnel has worked out. But this is a secondary the Steelers are trying to keep together. This secondary, they just led the NFL in interceptions. And, you know, the Steelers didn't make the playoffs. It wasn't the best season. But the secondary was one of, I thought, one of the best parts of the team. When you look at Cam Sutton, even with, you know, Akella Witherspoon being, you know, having his problems, Levi Wallace stepping in, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds, and DeMonte KZ when he was able to get healthy. But both Edmonds and KZ aren't signed right now and they got to sign either both of them or find two replacements. Now, you know, we've heard, you know, wrinklings that maybe KZ is, is a foregone conclusion. What is your, what is your opinion on them being able to keep both safeties, one of them, or if they're going to have to just kind of reset everything with the safeties around Mika Fitzpatrick? You know, if it's anything like last year, Chris, we're not going to get any um, idea of who's going to come back maybe until May. I mean, Terrell Edmonds signed, um, two days before the draft last year, he went out and the Steelers allowed him to go out and seek other offers and he didn't have a lot of takers and the Steelers brought him back. I think the number somewhere around 2 million a year, um, very affordable year for this uh, deal for the Steelers. Uh, KZ was even cheaper. KZ came in like around the vet minimum, uh, right around a million a year. Um, 
I tend to think that uh, KZ will come cheaper again. Uh, I think Edmonds had a nice year. But again, Chris, I don't know that uh, it's going to be a whole lot different for him this year. Maybe he gets a team out there that wants to offer him $3 million a year, um, and he might take that. But the nice thing for the Sears is they have KZ uh, as a fallback option. And again, this is a pretty decent draft uh, for safeties. If you want to bring in a young developmental safety behind a KZ or an Edmonds, should you lose one of them, you could probably get a guy in the third or fourth round who could come in and, and potentially help you as a rookie or at the very least be a backup and a special teams type player for you. So there are some options there for the Steelers. I know what you said about, um, you know, leading the league in interceptions. That was very important. But honestly, Edmonds doesn't get a lot of turnovers. That secondary yeah. is fueled by Minka Fitzpatrick and then secondarily by Cam Sutton. Those are the top two players. And obviously, when you're talking about priorities, you're talking about Cam Sutton first, and then down on the you know down the line, KZ Edmonds somewhere in that order. I get you on that, but I want to talk about other positions. We'll, we'll look at those other positions in free agency and what to expect around the league as well. Right here on the North Shore Drive podcast, so stay tuned. But first, before we do any of that, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers in the Berg is the number one place for you to go for all your Pittsburgh sports memorabilia, apparel, accessories, and much, much more. Go to Yinzers in the Berg today, and they have two stores in the Strip District that you can check out to find Steelers gear, Penguins gear, Pirates gear, Pit gear, anything that you want to celebrate Pittsburgh sports with. They've got it there for yourself or for your friends or your loved ones to get it getting a gift if you can't make it to the strip district go to their website yinzerspgh.com at yinzerspgh.com you you can check out their merchandise which is updating every week with new stuff that you can get for you for yourself or your loved ones when you're looking for pittsburgh sports merchandise so get pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much much more at yinzers in the berg or their website yinzerspgh.com Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Ray, we talked about the secondary a lot in the first segment, but a lot of people are going to be looking at other positions as well. I think the Steelers will be as well. What is the next biggest position area that you think the Steelers strike at in free agency? Because, you know, this team, they didn't re-sign Devin Bush. They didn't, you know, they, they, Larry Ogunjobi is hitting free, hitting free agency. Uh, and, you know, there's also still the offensive line that could be, that could be in consideration there. What is the, what do you think is the Steelers top priority after they get Cam Sutton and their safeties figured out? Yeah, I think uh, defensive line and you, you got to decide if, if Ogunjobi's coming back or, you know, do you have to move on there? I mean, that's an interesting situation. Uh, Chris, you know, Ogunjobi um, was kind of dinged up all year, <clears throat> excuse me, but when he did play, he was pretty effective, and uh, they found a way to get him healthy for Sundays, but uh, it wasn't easy during the week. Um, and then you compound that by the issue of, you know his agent, after what happened last year with that $40 million deal with the Bears falling through, 
Yeah. You know his agent's going to try to recoup some money this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, are, are the Steelers going to be, you know, really, really involved in those types of negotiations? Or, again, are they going to have a value on Larry Ogunjobi and they're not going to go over that value? So, I, I, you know, I think with both Cam Sutton and Larry Ogunjobi, we should have a pretty good idea early um, about what's going to transpire with those guys, unless physicals and medicals with Ogunjobi are an issue again. So, you know, a couple of names I threw out there, if they cannot retain Ogunjobi, Sheldon Rankins is one uh, from the Jets, former first-round pick of the Saints. He's 29 years old. A uh, guy like I, I really like, uh, Greg Gaines from the Rams. Uh, so, sort of saw him paired with Errol Don- Aaron Donald on the interior of that Rams defensive line for, for the last couple of years. I thought he was really effective in his role. If you look at him doing damage and him having a, a, a nice little run with the Rams, why couldn't that happen with the guy like Cam Hayward and, you know, guys with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith around him. And then uh, one other name to throw out there, Ashawn Robinson, um, you know, a, a veteran. Uh, the Steelers uh, were interested in him when he was in the draft. I want to say five, six years ago. Um, they didn't get him then, but here he might be uh, be available again. He's another name to keep an eye on if they don't uh, re-sign Larry Ogunjobi. And, and I feel you on that because, like you said, Ogunjobi was – I mean, he got a big contract from the Bears when they let him yeah. – when they, he didn't pass that physical. And that was a big deal that he didn't sign there. So the Steelers kind of, you know – you know, we're fortunate in how that played out for their defensive line as he was able to become that reinforcement uh, for, you know, not having Stephon to it. But like you said, he's probably going to try to seek a payday. Adrian Robinson was the guy that I had on my list as far as a guy that you wouldn't have to pay too much for. I imagine, you know, this would, you know, this wouldn't be anything more than $5 million. Uh, and he's tw- he's about to be 28 years old. So he's at the right age range where you bring in a free agent. But so is Greg Gaines. He's about to be 27 years old. And, you know, both of those guys are guys, you know, ironically, from the Rams uh, who, you know, could fit into their system right now and be modest signings that you bring in. And those would be very, I think, Kevin Colbert-like signings, uh, guys that are good veterans. They come in with experience that you can plug them in and then just see in training camp how does the pecking order work out as far as defensive line because you still got Cam Hayward. You still got DeMarvin Leal. Um, you know, Chris Wormley, I think, is out there in free agency. I wonder if, you know, if he gets in that cons- in that consideration. But interior defensive line is definitely a concern because they want to make sure that they're linebackers are kept clean they want to make sure that they're still generating a pass rush and they're able to win up front because again stopping the run is a primary concern for the Steelers if I'm looking at uh if I'm looking at that I'm looking at linebacker do you think that they find their linebacker that pairs with Miles Jack in free agency or is this a position that we're still looking at the draft and we're saying man they really have to get somebody because they didn't because they need a starter a solidified starter next to Jack yeah, I mean, that's a similar situation to defensive line, to be honest with you. Um, Devin Bush is not coming back. He's one unrestricted free agent. Robert Spillane is the other. I, I, I think like Ogan Joby, it would make sense to bring back Robert Spillane. I think they've never viewed him as a starter, Chris, but it seems like as every season goes on, he finds his way into playing starter snaps. Now, that very much could be a reflection on Devin Bush injuries, um, other guys not working out like Schobert, and I can go on down the line, but when the dust settles, Robert Splane is always playing, and he's playing a good number of snaps for the Steelers. So whether they view him as a starter or just really a a premier backup, um, I think there's a chance that he can come back. And if he does, 
I don't necessarily know that that means that they're going to sign another inside linebacker in free agency. Now, let's say they don't uh, retain Robert Spillane. Let's say they decide to move on or he signs with another team. Uh, you got JT Edwards uh, from the Eagles, who's going to be on the open market. Um, again, I don't know how much he's going to cost. He's a former undrafted free agent. Um, he's not going to be a big money guy, but I, you know, I think he could probably come in that mid price range. And then there's, there's some other inside linebackers who are on the market, but it's not a great year for inside linebackers in free agency or in the draft, to be quite honest with you. You've got some guys who are more like day two picks in the draft. Um, you know, your Jack Campbells and, um, uh, you know, Drew Sanders and, and guys of that ilk. So um, it's not a great year. Um, in March, and it's not really a great year in April or May either for inside linebackers. I, that's why I think they might try to keep Spillane and then maybe take a flyer on a guy day two, day three, see if they could develop those guys behind Miles Jack, Robert Spillane, and Mark Robbins. I want to talk more about that because I think that that you know that that working out of linebacker because that's the one position group we talked a lot about the position groups in this draft that are strong. I, I see this linebacker draft class as not being great. There's some really good prospects in it. I like Jack Campbell. I like Trenton Simpson. I like Drew Sanders. But after that first group of guys that really are more second and third round guys, there's a steep drop off. So it could be a situation where if the Steelers don't get in on that group, they would be left hanging out to dry if they didn't find an answer in free agency. I want to talk about that and maybe some potential big spenders out there that could make things really interesting as free agency continues to fly. We'll do that here right here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter and Ray Fittabottle will be right back continuing our talk about the Steelers and NFL free agency. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato. Ray, one of Kevin Colbert's oldest philosophies was he wanted to make sure the roster felt solidified going into the NFL draft so there weren't any obvious holes that pigeonholed the Steelers into picking one position uh, above all else, regardless of how the, the draft board played out. I foresee that philosophy still being part of Omar Khan's you know, you know, uh, uh, you know his 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 sight on how this is going to play out. I can see that that can, that, that continuing, but you know, it, I think it's going to be interesting to see what does he consider solidified. What does he consider, you know, a good a good place? One, I think the Steelers need to you know address safety. They need to you know f- figure out what's going on with Cam Sutton. If not Cam Sutton, then there's a starting corner there. I think they need to address linebacker with more than just re-signing Robert Spillane. But is, is Omar Khan going to? change up how the Steelers front office looks by maybe getting a little more aggressive in free agency than we've seen the Steelers because despite them having about 10 million dollars in cap space because they released William Jackson the third already um he's in a position where I think that you know he still he said he feels comfortable we talked to him at the combine he feels comfortable with where the Steelers are salary cap wise does he use that uh, to get aggressive here over the next week or so yeah, uh, listen, they, they can do some restructures. They can cut some other players. They'll, as you said, Chris, they'll have plenty of money to make some moves. They are not going to make a big splash free agent signing in the range, anyone who costs like $15, $20 million a year. Right. They're just not going to do that on any outside free agents. Um, but you could see some, some guys who come in like in that James Daniels or Miles Jack range of contract, right? That mm-hmm. second tier of contracts. I think Miles Jack signed a two-year deal worth uh, $16 million, so 
$8 million a year, and I think James Daniels was right around that same number. You could see outside free agents come in in that price range, um, but no, you're not going to see any splash signings. I'm not ruling that out in the future, but um, you know, just the way it, it shapes up this year, um, their own free agents, they want to retain the fact that I think they just kind of want to fill some holes on the rest of the roster. I think you'll see those low to mid-tier signings. You're not going to see anybody like Omar Khan going out and spending big money this year. I, I hear you on that. There's going to be some big spenders out there, and there's some really big free agents. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson. We've you know we've gone over his situation with how you know the, the Ravens expired the non-exclusive tag, and how teams can now go bid on him if they want to. Teams have you know, rep- you know reports have leaked that teams aren't going to do that as much. Um, but what do you see as far as some of the who, who are going to be the biggest names that fly off the board the fastest um, as far as players? that you know, Steelers fans are probably really excited, oh, get that guy, but you just know they're going to get those type of paydays that Omar Khan won't go for. Yeah, I mean, probably you mentioned him before, probably Jamel Dean is probably the top corner on the market. James Bradbury probably, even though he's going to turn 30, um, I still think there's some juice left there. I think he can get a, a two- or a three-year deal. Um, and he's probably going to be off the board soon. Um, so just when you look at the Steelers' position, positional needs, I think – Cornerback is is probably number one, and I think those top tier guys, um, those those are probably going to happen Monday or Tuesday, um, depending on how the market goes. So, you know, I think those are the big names. You know, I think most of the big names have been franchise tagged and or signed to new deals. But uh, yeah, there was like Chris. Every year it's a silly season. Uh, I, I think who who has the most money this year? The Texans. Um, I think the Bears have the most money. Yeah, the Bears. I mean, teams are going to go out there and spend uh, spend freely in free agency, and it's the same way every year. Teams like the Steelers put values on their players. They stick to it. They don't overpay, and it's unpredictable, and we very well could be in a situation again this year where it's silly season for other teams, and teams like the Steelers just have to hold tight, wait for that second wave of free agency to fill in your roster, and uh, that very well could be the way it goes again this year um, in 2023. The Bears have $75.2 million in cap space. The Falcons, 62.9. The Raiders, 43.6. The Texans, 38.5. And surprisingly, not well, not surprisingly, because they have, they've kind of let Jesse Bates, their top safety go, but the Bengals could be big spenders in free agency with 33.7, though they might be a little more cautious because they know that they got some big contracts coming up that they have to fulfill in the next few years. So they they might not want to overspend as far as big players right now who will be signed to longer deals. But still, there's some aggressive there. There's some aggression there that could be had. But I'm right with you that the Steelers, they're going to create cap space. Like I can see them getting you know upwards of 20, maybe even close to $30 million in free cap space to be able to sign Cam Sutton and the guys that they need. And then of course they need money to sign their rookie class. that's going to be coming up and they need money to be able to to be able to keep, you know, the, 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 the common philosophy they have where they want eight to $10 million available at the start of the season in case someone gets hurt in training camp and they need to go make a move and they, and they have some flexibility to work with there and stay above the cap. So, this is going to be an interesting period, but I, I agree. They're not going to be too aggressive. Like you're not going to see the big spenders. And frankly, I mean, big spenders don't often win in free, free agency. You know, the Steelers, I can see some signings. The most that we might see, I think 
is a similar signing to how they handled offensive line last year. James Daniels, Mason Cole, neither of those guys were like, you know, first off the board, like, oh, this is just a crazy signing. They were reasonably priced. I could see that coming at either both interior defensive line and at linebacker. Uh, I really like Aziz Al-Shair, the, the, the 49ers linebacker. He's young. He's been a backup to the, the Niners' strong linebacker core. Um, and we talked about the Rams defensive linemen who are out there. I think it's just going to be about Omar Khan, uh, you know, you know, and how his front office is viewing a lot of these prospects out there and what kind of contracts can they work to fit these guys under the deal? Because at the same time, while you're also considering this, you don't want to break the bank on some of those positions because, like we said, those are defense, and the Steelers just had the most expensive defense in the NFL. Not that that's a bad thing, but they don't want – I don't think that they, they want to keep – keeping their resources to that side and ignore the offense because they know they're going to want to eventually pay the offense uh, and pay guys there to stay there as well as, you know, sign some guys on that side. Yeah. Hey, Chris, they'll be prepared one way or the other. Um, it's unpredictable. It's free agency. That's why they have guys like Andy Weidel as assistant GM in place. That's why they have Sheldon White as director of pro personnel. If you can't retain your own guys, you got to go to Sheldon. You got to go to Andy and say, "Okay, who do we have in free agency that we can go to now? Um, should we not be able to keep our own guys?" So they'll be prepared one way or the other. But I think we all know the way the Steelers operate. When they draft and develop guys, their preference is to sign them to second and third contracts. And again, that's what they would be doing with Cam Sutton. That's their first priority. But again, free agency is unpredictable. You never know which way it's going to go, and uh, you got to be prepared one way or the other. That's where the Steelers are going to be. And once we get this first weekend, I think it's also important to remember, Ray, we tell people, like, do not get caught up with the first and second day because, like, those are – those like, you know, the Tampa period opens Monday. We're going to see a lot of, you know, stories leak because that's when teams are going to be officially reaching out and things like that. Then free agency officially starts Wednesday. And then we're going to get a better sense of how things are. But there's oftentimes late signings. I mean, it took a while for them to sign Terrell Edmonds last year to that to, to that position. And that was a big question mark, how they were going to handle it. Were they going to go get Teron Matthew and, you know, the Honey Badger and, and everything like that? I, I think that there's going to be a waiting period. But – even after this first period, it's going to shake up a lot of draft boards too because teams are going to assign guys and we're going to be like, well, they don't really need that position anymore. And that could also be a thing that shakes up who might fall down to the Steelers. We've talked all along about them getting an offensive tackle or a cornerback. I think it's going to be very interesting to see if that likelihood increases, decreases, or just stays put after we see some of these teams that are ahead of the Steelers in the NFL draft make their free agency moves. Yep. That's the fun of doing these mock drafts, uh, Chris. The fans love it. Um, I think it's very informational for them, but the mock drafts that really count are the ones where you know what happens after free agency, right? So second week of March, third week of March, that's when all the holes get filled in roster-wise, and then I think you can really hone in on the true needs uh, that each team is going to have here once the draft uh, does come around in about six weeks. Absolutely. Do check out. Um, do check out everything that we have here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at post-gazette.com where we'll be keeping up with the Steelers and keeping you updated with the Steelers as they make their free agency moves as well as some of the big other big moves in the NFL. He's Ray Fittipato. I'm Chris Carter. This has been the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks so much for checking us out. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears Wednesday. We'll see if Pitt Panth- if the Pitt Panthers are still dancing. They're going to be playing Mississippi State in Dayton Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Noah Hiles and I will be on hand for that. We'll get you some insight on what, Pitt, what to expect with Pitt and if 
they are if they do win that game, they'll be playing Iowa State on Friday. A lot of crazy stuff that could be going on, but it's a great time to be covering Pittsburgh sports here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette back Wednesday here in the North Shore Drive podcast. But remember, here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, we have daily content all week long, so keep tuning in to this podcast channel and this YouTube channel to get all of Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's content. From Chris Carter and Ray Fittipato, see you Wednesday right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specright para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios.